welcome to The Hive Podcast, a show that helps inspire you to pursue your passions and ambitions. My name is Jared Spink and I'm your host. I'm a photographer, videographer, and entrepreneur. Join me as I sit down with other entrepreneurs and creators to learn more about their process, how they've built communities around their brands, and the experiences they've had along the way. I hope that these conversations inspire you to pursue your goals. You're listening to The Hive Podcast. Welcome back to the Hive Podcast. Super excited for this week's guest. Though we did have a first, we tried to record this episode and her power went out. So yeah. that was a first, but we're, we're, we're getting through it. So this week's de- uh, guest is Diana um, uh, Gladney. She is an amazing entrepreneur and YouTuber. Her channel is all about helping busy entrepreneurs create videos easier and if you haven't checked out her channel, of course, it'll be linked down in the show notes. You really do need to check it out. She is just, her videos are great. They will truly help you if you're struggling with video creation as an entrepreneur or a small business. Diana, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Jared. And yes, we did have a power outage, which is a first, but you know, what is what is life on the internet without a little power outage here and there? <laughs> Hey, I, it's fine. I got a little break and got to enjoy some more coffee before the episode. So there you go. No worries on this end. Uh, so Diana, um, why don't you tell the listeners um, a little bit more about your channel? I know I kind of briefly did, but I always like hearing from the creators themselves about you know what their channel is about and what they try to uh, communicate in their videos. Absolutely. Uh, so current current focus and mission of the channel is is all about helping entrepreneurs simplify the video creation process because um, content creation and entrepreneurship is not something that's always kind of go hand in hand. There was always kind of like a department for it. And that kind of has gotten over the last several years where that's not the case. And so something new being birthed into just the whole scope of everything, which is being a content creating entrepreneur. Well, there wasn't any channels around that. And there definitely wasn't coming from a tech perspective of how to do that. People talk about creating content, but when you actually started to get into the the vibe of, okay, now let me get a camera, microphone, and all the things, what do I do? What do I get? And how do I do these things? And either there was a filmmaker side of a thing or a photographer side of things, but nothing for I just need enough to know so it doesn't look like garbage. And I, I also need enough to know how, how to get back to the business of talking about why I you know, inv- invested in this stuff and why my, I have my business not to become some tech guru. And so that's how the lane of the content that I create uh, on Entree Women TV, TV came about because I was in that boat. Initially, my focus in my channel didn't really start <laughs> a channel on YouTube for it to be that. It, I was talking about something totally different you know, uncovered this passion around that specific scope and technology. And I'm like, we all need to be more visible. There's a lot of different mediums and ways to communicate. I believe video is the best way to do that. And so my goal and aim uh, on the channel is to help entrepreneurs get over that hump so that they can get back to the business for why they need to create content to begin with. Yeah. I mean, that's why I love your channel is because you're right. There's so many channels that are related to photography or videography but they're all geared to someone that's already in that industry or, or looking to do that as a hobby. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of business people, they don't have the time to, to learn everything about cinematography and videography. Right. And your videos come across in such a way that it just, 
they're so beneficial for someone that's operating a small business Mm -hmm. or is a entrepreneur working from home that just needs to know enough to create good videos, good, you know, videos for YouTube, streaming for meetings, whatever it is, especially Mm -hmm. now with everything we're dealing with. Exactly. And I just, you, your videos are so beneficial to that demographic uh, of people. Now, you said that's not what your channel started off as. So how long have you been doing YouTube? YouTube now is like at the four-year mark. Um, wow. And like that is like the first videos looking like garbage, sounding like garbage, you know, mimicking everybody else's stuff that you saw. But it's just like I wasn't making videos with the intent of honestly starting a channel. It was just I saw YouTube as like a huge Dropbox, but for free. And so so I could upload that video to my website and make videos around that kind of stuff. And then probably about a year in for real, it's just like, you know what? I found and came across a video and several videos where they were talking about making money and being on the platform as a creator. And I'm like, that makes it a lot of sense. Um, and, I, you know, so I, like I said, I didn't start the channel for it to really be a YouTube channel. Uh, and then it then it kind of flipped and then it, you know, it morphed and has grown over the years, but four years uh, of creating content. When did the channel start to morph? Um, I would say about uh, about a year after making videos around just like my thing was I wanted to. Uh, help women uh, turn their passion into a business. So that was what the focus was about. And so maybe some personal development stuff, some small business tips. And the more I got clients, the more I took on coaching clients for that, the more I'm going through sessions with people, the more I kind of started to fall out of love with that. And I'm like, when it became annoying and draining, then I'm like, something's wrong. (laughs) And then like when I looked at the kind of videos, I was more excited to make occasionally sprinkling, sprinkling in some things because I'm like, man, if it took me this long to figure it out, and I'm a super nerd when it comes to figuring out an answer and getting the right definitions, and I'll pause the video if you say a word I don't know and go research it <laughs> and then come back and, you know, all those things. I'm like, if it's that hard for me, then I'm like, I know everybody else doesn't know where to. So something like a phone clamp at the time, like at a local dollar store, you get those instead of like 20 bucks on Amazon, you get it from the, get it on the selfie stick, twist it off, and that quarter 20 thread that fits the tripods is there. Not so there I learned something simple like that. It's you don't need to go, you know what I'm saying? Like just learning those very simple things. Made a video about that and my audience started to want that more for those that were there. Very super small channel. But I noticed a shift in the, what they were desiring. So now I started to recognize it's not just a pain for, pain point for me. They also want to know this stuff too. And then that's why I was like, and I'm more passionate about creating the videos around the tech stuff too. Let's go ahead and just switch. Let's stop everything else. Let's just dive into that. And that's about about a year into making like personal development business videos. And started getting into that stuff. It just became Tech Tuesday like everybody else. Now it's a full-blown thing. Yeah. You know, and that's another reason. I, I keep saying it. I keep saying why I love Diana's channel. But that's another another reason is because even just the simple things, right? Mm-hmm. You, you watch these other channels and they get so in-depth and I'm a super tech nerd too. And I I love that (laughs) stuff, but I think, you know, they don't highlight on just on some of the simple things because I think they, they think maybe like, Oh, like that's so simple. I don't need to go over that, but there's a whole group of people that just, they need that information. Mm -hmm. And I love that you add that value to people. So your channel, I'm looking at your YouTube description right now and and your channel um, focuses on three primary types of, of content. Mm-hmm. Can you can you explain that? 
Yes. What, what those three primary types of content are? So the pr- three primary types of, of content, like the focus is all around. I'm probably not even going to recite what I have written on there well. So, <laughs> 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 But like the three primary types, it's like, can you get the tech? Okay. Once you understand the video, the lighting, the audio, not necessarily in that order, but once you understand those things, okay, there's that competency level, like with just being enough to feel comfortable with sitting down to record. Then there's the other level of how do I even use and understand YouTube? Uh, And because that is like the second largest search engine after Google and it's owned by Google, there's a lot of different reasons why from a business sense that makes sense. Uh, And as a content creating entrepreneur, it it makes even more sense to be present there because everybody's audience there is, is there in some scope. Not everybody's on Facebook in the same way, not everybody's on Instagram with their social behaviors being the same way. And so understanding the platform and then understanding the video marketing aspect of things, because now it's not just make a video posted and people watch it and you blow up and make a ton of money. That's not even logical. But understanding how to not just be on the platform and post stuff, not just understanding the tech of things and whatever it is you want to talk about but being able to meet the pain points and the needs of your audience and their social behaviors on the platform. So the marketing strategies of those videos matter. So everything kind of fits within those three areas. Yeah. So when you're watching Diana's channel, guys, you, you know, there's, there's tech channels and then there's channels that show you how to do editing. And then there's channels to show you how to do marketing, but Diana's channel, she has three different types of content. So she puts it all together for you, which is so great. So how has, Okay, so what videos have been um, the best, I guess, the most successful videos for your subscribers? Um, The ones that were mostly like stuff that everybody else overlooked, because I think as like, like when you're in the frame, like everybody says how hard it is to see when you're in the frame. It was always something like I thought was super simple. Like you put a ton of work in this stuff, like videos all the time. And you just think like, I know this one's like, I'm, I'm giving this video 16 hours of prep and whatever else, hardly nothing. And then the video, you come home from work, still sweaty, you know, a, a soda stain on your shirt. And then that's the video that blows up because you figure it's simple. Maybe it's not that big of a deal, but it is. So like it was stuff around like, especially like the Canon 50 is really um, what taught me a lot about YouTube and the specific pain points of the audience and things. And so it would be something simple like doing a video on live streaming with the camera because you have it, you want to use it and put it to work. Other people have done the video, but simple stuff like showing that they're, is, uh, you know, opening the battery door and showing that so that they could see themselves doing it. And so it was always like little stuff, very small things. Like when I was creating business videos, seven or so tips or something like that around what things you should look for when you're setting up a, uh, a business, a small business checking account. Like it's a lot of in interworkings. And I knew that from working at the bank questions. You don't think to, you just think like what's free, what, you know, has an app and whatever else. So many other things from experience that you run into that video, you know, does extremely well because it's like entering those conversations that people are already having and stuff like that. And I'm like, you watch the other videos, look at the comments. They're not talking about it. So when I made those videos, simple stuff, in my opinion, I thought um, it did a ton. Of, it did did really well. So those were the ones, especially like those Canon and 50 videos have done extremely well. So, Diana, how has your your community on YouTube grown um, over the last few years doing these videos and what kind of 
community, I guess, how would you describe the community that's grown around your channel? Um, I would say it's identified and helped other entrepreneurs identify themselves as content creating entrepreneurs. Because a lot of times we just take on the thing entrepreneur. And if you're a content creator, then maybe that means initially just a quote unquote YouTuber, which is nothing wrong with that. But they, that puts in their mind a certain kind of checkbox, like I'm a vlogger and showing you what cereal I ate today and me playing with my kids. And that's pretty much it. Or I'm going to the store or, you know, you are specifically doing something and they don't really see themselves in any category. And so introducing myself into the tech space, but with that perspective, like, no, you're a content creating entrepreneur and here's why, here's how you do this. Here's what to pay attention to, what not to. Um, that's how the audience has developed initially. It would be uh, kind of beginner filmmakers kind of looking for those basic things, beginning um, YouTubers looking for those beginning things where that tech kind of overlapped there. But then for those entrepreneurs that were watching those and searching for those same videos and topics, they kind of came over to my channel because I, in my, you know, intro, in my trailer, I address them. Hey, entrepreneurs, I speak to, I'm not, if you're a photographer, cinematographer, you want to talk about all the intellectual things about in depth of, okay, yeah, I understand that because I have to, but I'm not describing things in that way or whatever. And that's what you need to learn, wrong channel. Um, so I designated that this is not for you if you're into filmmaking and photography. You can stay, but no, I'm speaking to entrepreneurs. How do you think your channel has benefited um, those entrepreneurs? How does how does video creation or streaming fit into you know a small business? How how can they benefit from incorporating that into their business? Because it is the difference between you know having both of your lungs working or just one. Um, and so when we look at business, we think about the marketing like a billboard or an ad segment paid someplace. Um, we think about the blogs, we think about copywriting, and that's one side of the lung. But introducing, you know, social media for like the last 10 years and really within the last five to eight years, seeing how entrepreneurs are becoming on the platform, a lot of them do it wrong. <laughs> a lot of nonprofits, they do it totally wrong. And it very much so stands out for those that are doing it right. Uh, and so, um, you know, the way that it makes sense is because you're getting a full breath of air. You're getting full exposure versus just a little bit of exposure when you are pay doing paid ads. Everybody, the normal thing for everybody to do when they see an ad is skip. How fast or how soon can I skip? Unless it's like you for real, for real are attacking a pain point, then they'll listen. But even then, they're not sure if they're going to buy or engage or whatever because they know what it kind of means afterwards. Either I have to buy or I got to get on your email list and get all this segmented email marketing stuff. So it's just like that's just one side. The community, which is I think is something that entrepreneurs are waking up to and the, you know, what social media is, you know, is I, I think it's just a full scope becoming like a full scope entrepreneur. And so that's why it's like the kind of like the why, uh, you know, business live streaming, all that stuff becomes important because it's important to your audience now. And it's not just about what we like or what we feel like as entrepreneurs. Yeah. And if you're not, especially now, if you're not doing it now, I don't think things are really, I mean, with the pandemic things, hopefully will get better, right. but the way we do business and small businesses approach their marketing. I mean, we've been de dealing with this for nine months. Mm. It's, it's changing the culture, mm -hmm. right? And digital marketing is more important than ever. And I think it will 
it's opened the eyes to a lot of small businesses, how important that is. And I don't think that's going to change. Oh, yeah. Uh, so what are some of the the very basics? We're talking about how you, your channel helps, with, especially with the basics. So what are maybe three of the basic things people need as a small business to really get started incorporating digital media, video, live streams into their business? I think the biggest thing is th- the first thing would be clarity. So if you're not clear on how you're going to address your audience, where you're starting from, and all those different things, you are going to do it wrong. And wrong doesn't mean like uh, you said the wrong thing or posted the wrong video topic or something. Like it's not about that. Um, it's really about like showing up in an inauthentic way that's different than how your audience typically w- would receive you anywhere else. Um, and that's kind of that same transition to to jump back in history when entrepreneurs were looking at email a certain kind of way. And then they changed to email, really realizing email wasn't about here's what's available, click the ad and a button kind of a thing only, but conversationally speaking to your audience and your community that is saying they want to hear from you and understanding like the tone. So we notice a tone shift in email. And so that's the same kind of a thing with, uh, you know, having clarity when you're doing videos is the tone shift. Most people think, like if I got a product, physical product or something like that, or service, or you're doing, uh, you know, service as a software kind of a deal, then people figure, well, I got to talk about my product and things. So it's sell, sell, sell. Wrong approach. And so have, being clear about how you're addressing your audience and all those things, like it's extremely important. And so understanding how to incorporate video into your already existing business strategy marketing strategies and all of that, that's the clarity of it. It's not just like video, this whole separate leg that you have to try to figure out, but more like bring it into the family. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's a kid that you've left in the other room. Their feet is dirty now. (laughs) The t-shirt is dirty. They got Cheetos and Cheerios (laughs) (laughs) over the shirts. Like now let's go clean the kid up and bring them to the dinner table where everybody else is going to have a full meal. Same concept. So that first thing being clarity, the second thing, audio, my goodness, uh, you know, it's like most people think video camera first. I love cameras as much as the next tech nerd. However, if people cannot hear you clearly and you're introducing audio exhaustion, they're going to be pissed at you and they're not going to stay. They'll forgive your video. I I say it all the time on this um, when we talk talk about gear on this channel is you we have we all have fantastic cameras in our pockets now, right? Yeah. If you've got a phone in the last few years, your camera on your phone is going to do really good for you. But you need good audio. People cannot forgive good audio, so don't don't forget. She's she's right. <laughs> you don't that is one hundred percent true. You got to have good audio. Oh yeah, because it's like it's just you know it's the difference with a high pitched whine audio interference, um, you know, it's like some things is forgivable. Your kids in the background, you can't help that. Um, you know, but like really just bad audio, we never stay. No, we, nobody ever stays. They're not forgiving of that. Um, so that will be the second thing to take into consideration. So get a good microphone, good podcasting microphone. You can use it in a lot of different ways um, or a lapel mic or something. And then from there, because of whatever camera you're using, you're going to need lights, and so if you notice in the top three things, it has nothing to do with the camera. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, can they see you now clearly? Because even if it's on a laptop, you could be giving away the lottery numbers and they'll forgive that. 
but they will not forgive, uh, you know, just like the grunginess after so long. They'll, it's, they'll give a, a little bit more forgiving. But the audio, and now it looked kind of grungy. It's like, I don't know what kind of, you know, movie, thriller movie in the basement this is being recorded in, but I don't want to watch. <laughs> I mean, if you guys could see our setup right now, it, I mean, we we both have good audio. Mm-hmm. We have clarity uh, the number one thing about the podcast and then lighting. I wish you guys could see this right now, but if I, I'm using a fantastic camera, but if I turn off my light, Trash. you can't see me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pitch black right now. Right. Diana can't see me, <laughs> but you turn back on. It's perfect. Exactly. Um, what I loved about that, when I asked you, what are the three main things that people need to consider? Um, I think everybody usually leads in with, with gear, but Diana led in with, purpose, clarity. That is so important to ma- no matter what you're creating. And I just thought leading in, in with that being your number one tip is fantastic for anybody. You need, it's just like any marketing plan. Mm-hmm. You need to decide what you want to get across. So now I want to transition a little bit because the way I found your channel was I was researching live streams, mm. something I, I've been researching and trying to incorporate and um, I'm having technical issues. Okay. I'm not sure if it's coming across on the end on your end right now, but I keep having issues with with audio delay, and okay. I, I gotta I gotta figure that out. But I was looking at your eCam Live videos, and eCam Live for you guys that don't know is a fantastic uh, live streaming platform, some similar to Zoom, but a lot lot more features. You can do a lot more fancy things. Uh, how important do you think live streaming is now for a small business? Well, if it wasn't important before to somebody, it definitely is important now because that community aspect, there is a lot of things that video does, like recorded video content does, that no other medium does. Podcasting is great because they're going to spend a ton of more time with you, actually listen, and they're bringing you along with their day as they cut the grass or pick up the children or whatever. Um, so, you know, blogs, they take, they're taking time out to read or emails, all these other mediums and forms of communication do a lot of good, but what they do not offer is the ability for real-time communication that only exists with belly-to-belly, one-to-one, in-person interaction. The nearest and closest thing that we can get to that is live streaming because it's real-time interaction. You can see me, you can hear me, you can see all of the little micro-expressions that we make, and somebody sees, they, they're making connection points that you may see in the video or maybe it gets edited out. Maybe it makes it, maybe it doesn't, but you cannot hide anything in live streaming and that authenticity and that sincerity that comes across. Even if it's completely your first time, you have no idea what you're doing. They get it and they will vibe with that because they will probably be going through the same thing, but they see you doing it and you become an instant hero. But more than that, you become an instant part of like, they get that they're a part of your community and you get, like who is in your community and connecting with them because comments don't do that. You can try to have a conversation and you do want to turn your comment section into a conversation that goes into like your video strategy. But the live streaming is real time as close as you can get to belly to belly interaction. Nothing else does that. What kind of businesses do you see incorporating live stream? And then uh, the flip side of that is who do you see not incorporating it incorporating it that probably should and could really benefit from it? Uh, I've seen a lot of different companies now, especially now everybody kind of kind of got forced into it. <laughs> and so they had to hurry yeah. up and catch up. 
Um, but I see a lot of interesting uh, live streams, especially you have like the content marketers and anybody that teaches anything. They're kind of already probably used to that. But I really, really love seeing those that you don't expect, people that are artists, like they're showing you as they pick through the colors, why they choose this brand for an oil canvas versus another brand. And if you're following them for their work or you're a patron of their work, then you're, you get even more value because you get to see a side that a time lapse would necessarily show, or you're getting to really hear their voice and their thoughts around things. Um, writers, you know, I watch and I don't even understand why I haven't figured that part out yet, but uh, it's this guy named Dale. And it's like publishing with Dale has an amazing, credible channel for writers. And he's writing a book right now. And it's like he'll do these speed writing or these block. And it's like a four hour live stream at times, two hours sometimes. And he'll sit for like 30 minutes and you just see him writing. There's no music. There's no nothing. And there's comments and stuff happening in the chat and I'm in there and I don't understand. <laughs> and then it's like he takes a break. And for those 15 minutes, he talks and engages and going through the process. So if you wanted to see what it's like to be a writer and like you can do this in 30 minute sprints, you, it makes it possible if you are ever thinking about writing a book in yeah, addition to the really other cool. content. Yeah. So it's a lot of clever ways, um, mechanics. So it's somebody I don't see doing it a lot. But that's somebody I think could do it more, um, especially like people you have a physical product or something. Take them into the warehouse when you go or something like that. Maybe it's not the greatest or something, but figure it out. Um, there are little things and it doesn't a live stream doesn't mean four minutes or now like mine is running. It's like two and a half hours. I don't know what's happening, but, <laughs> you know, <laughs> 10 or 15 minutes will suffice. Yeah, I, I would really love and I, I, there are some that are doing it, but I would love to see more. Um, at home chefs, mm, right? Mm -hmm. Doing live streams about cooking recipes. Um, I think, I think that would be fantastic. I would really love, I mean, you could have your own cooking show essentially exactly. just live mm -hmm. and be able to answer questions about the recipe, I think would be really, really cool. What do you think are some of the things that hold people back from a live stream? Cause it, it, there are some, some similarities mm -hmm. to video production, but like you said, it's live. So what do you think holds businesses back from incorporating that? Most businesses have the interpretation that they are the bee's knees hall of fame, as I say, <laughs> like you are the best in the business. And that is because you are a polished product, a polished brand and live streaming doesn't allow for that so much. Because if I sneeze, you see all of the three seconds before where it looks like uh, an alligator crawl across your back, you know, <laughs> and you're going berserk. And the best you can have is like a mute button, but they still going to see you don't even have enough time to competently stop or pause the stream or go to a be right back screen. Like yeah. it's, it's in the now. And so uh, most people fear that kind of a thing. They're going to see me not, you can dress as well as you want, speak as well as you want. But if you make a mistake, if you occasionally say, um, if you don't have the example, like they're so afraid of not having that professionalism that their brand has shown for a lot of times. And that becomes a hindrance because live streaming doesn't take away from that. It enhances it, if nothing else. Because if I ask you a question, I will know in real time if you know what the heck you're talking about or not. And if you're in your field and you are in your field, it doesn't matter what you're doing, that candor of I have no idea what that even is. Let's go to Google because that'll happen. It's a ton of stuff happens in the tech space. Um, and some yeah. things are out of my scope. If it's like event type gear, 
but somehow it's coming into the home office space and somebody's finding a use for it. And it's like, oh, what video? Okay, well, let's go see. We can watch and find out together. It's just like, I have no idea. Or either I do and I can dive more into that. But that candor and authenticity stands out tremendously because polish doesn't always, you know, help with the perfection. So it's always going to be fear, no matter how they put it, you know, perfectionism is just fear. Yeah, I, I think that's what it is. I think it's fear. But, you know, I think, you know, we all want to, you know, be invested in professional brands, mm-hmm. good quality. But I think adding some human element to it is fine. I think people want professional quality, but they also want something relatable. Mm-hmm. And so I think um, if you use live streaming properly, you can really add a relatable aspect to your business. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Diana, I want to talk um, about how you view your channel. Mm. You know, we always, t- I, you know, I talk to a lot of uh, creators and YouTubers um, on, you know, what they think about the industry. But, you know, I never really ask about how they feel it's going for them and their channel. So I'd love, you know, it, for you to maybe share what you think on how it's going for you and, and your channel. Oh, so right now, I think everything is good. Before the pandemic, like I'd say like a month or two before, it was I felt like it was horrible. Um, and I think it's like seasons of that and waves of it because there are ch- times like now when I'm in love with my channel, I'm in love with the content, I'm in love with the community um, aspect that's happening in the conversations that are happening in the in the uh, comments. And there, there are times when I'm not. And a lot of times when I'm not, like before the pandemic happened, is because um, feeling like you're falling out of relevancy with your audience doesn't hurt because not like the attention, but it's like I'm not helping or serving. And that's where it's like, if I ever feel like I'm getting there and I'm like, how did I get here or why? Or where did I miss the mark? Because I always talk about like having your hand on the pulse of your people when you're a doctor and you have no idea what's going on with your patient and they're coding, that's a problem. <laughs> you know, so I never want to feel like my audience yeah. is coding in the su- in a subject or something and I have no idea what to do or, you know what I'm saying, I'm kind of getting into my own version of an analysis paralysis. When the pandemic hit, it instant gave me, it gave me instant clarity of what they need now and what come, kind of falls after that and the, like it helped to revitalize things. So now... In all of these months uh, throughout, um, I've been absolutely in love with it because it helped me to, you know, re-get all the data, recapture those vital signs and things like that. Uh, and I think that's just kind of like the seasons of being on the platform, creating consistent content. It's not all, the journey is not all, you know, roses and green pa- patches of grass. Um, it's getting through those dust storms and stuff like that too. So now I'm in a place um, where I absolutely love it because, there's extreme clarity more so than even a month ago. So every day it's more, um, I'm in love with learning new people, uh, in the community or they show up in the chat and it's just like, Hey, my name is whatever. Cause I want to remember, um, because I, and I recognize them from comments and stuff like that. So I love where things are going. And then more than anything, I love where, uh, like I get these emails a lot where, you know, people are telling me the impact that the content has had, so if, even if it is a day, kind of beat myself up or not feeling um, like, man, it's like, should I even do this video? Or it's like, man, I should just take a break or something. You get those confirmations of how it is helpful and how it is valuable. Even if you don't get a comment on the video and you've never heard of this person before, it's still being that that impact. So uh, I'm absolutely in love with where the journey is right now. And I'm just kind of digging 
my toes into the the, the sand or the dirt and just kind of embracing for all of it. You know, I'm here for all of it. So I just, I've, I've loved the journey overall. And I think more than ever, I'm, I'm probably like more in love with my channel and content now than ever before. That's great. I mean, you got to love what you do, but you, you said something, I think that's really important. Maybe we can talk about it is, uh, having your finger on the pulse of, of your community. And I think that as a content creator or an entrepreneur, small business, that is so important because you need to know what your customers, what your viewers are doing, what they want out of you. How, how do you do that? Um, you kind of mentioned it, but how, how can a small business that's incorporating video production, live streams, um, really get their, you know, their finger on the pulse of, of their community? I think we all kind of have a general sense of, of the, what are the, the five or seven things that maybe if, if, if even that many that people are struggling with, but there's always something that's way more important than anything else. So it's kind of like, for me, it's like when I'm in the, this kind of tech space or whatever, okay, a lot of the beginning phases of the pandemic was what do you get? How do you hook this together? And all of the, you know, stuff that comes with that and all the frequently asked questions. Now, once they have done that, it's if you can figure out the next logical question that they have, that is how you're able to consistently stay on pace and stay ahead uh, of your community and where you're going. And then to your own journey as an entrepreneur helps you, you know, kind of stay ahead of the path. But if you can always be in the mindset of the Yoda and not ever try to get into the place of being the Luke Skywalker, like you're the star of the show and this channel about me and da 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 da. A lot of times creators get into the smelling themselves when they start getting any level of success, increase in money, the content is working uh, or something like that. And they kind of pull off of that. And so you can kind of start to kind of have your hand come off, but to get the pulse on, like, and figure out where they are, you got to get the vital signs. What comments are you getting? What emails are people complaining about? What are they saying that they love? And I kind of broke down like a four comment strategy on like my last podcast episode about like, there are different types of comments. Some are gratitude. Some are comments about a pain reliever, like, oh my gosh, I've been, thank you for saying this. Nobody has said exactly that. Nobody mentioned what this was called. I had no, I thought it was just me. Those are kind of like pain reliever type of comments. Um, and so you get into the other ones where it's like a red flag and it's a frustration and it's not poking at you like you suck, but it's identifying maybe something that you left out, you assumed or overlooked. And so when you analyze those emails, those comments, the products that are selling more or services that are selling more than others, there's something more there that's leading to your community and your your target audience's decisions or their lack of decisions. And as an entrepreneur, you'll get a better beat uh, and a pulse on that community when you figure out, did is your heart rate going up? Or can you not breathe? Which is it? Or is your nose clogged? Or is it an ear infection? Certain signals, certain symptoms. So it's kind of like just being a doctor for your business and your customers are the patient. Um, you know, if they're having an earache, it's usually in the air re- ear region. <laughs> you know, it's usually some signs or something that kind of lead you in that direction. But you know, like when you produce a video, produce a blog or a podcast, and that all of all of a sudden just hits really hard. Your metrics are showing like people clicking on it. They're watching ton of comments within the first like deep like oh there it is. Hit hit the point just like when your doctor pokes at your back, and you're like nope not there not there. And then you jump when they poke the right spot. That's it's the same thing. I think that what you said about anticipating 
your customer's questions, mm-hmm. I think is so important. And and being able to anticipate that and, and put yourself in their shoes is so important. And, and that, that applies to running your small business or being a content creator or meshing the two together will make, um, for a successful, uh, marketing strategy. Now you, you also have a podcast. Mm-hmm. How long have you been doing your podcast? I think it's been like two or so years because it's only like 40 episodes where it's like named the video simplified podcast. I started on anchor when just trying to figure anchor out and what it was going to be. So all the first ones were kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> so I just left them there. But, um, once I got extreme clarity, probably like in 2019, I was just like, no, it's going to be the video simplified podcast and we're just going to rebrand and change and stay here. Um, so yeah, it's like, so it really just feels like a year cause that's what it's been as that. So what, what kind of content is your podcast focusing on? Kind of like the stuff, like we, what we were just talking about, like understanding like the post side of things, um, dive, it, it goes deeper into not just the, uh, the what you need to get and things like that and a little bit of the how that you'll see on the channel, but those concepts that maybe you probably wouldn't sit through uh, a 20, 25 minute, even 30 minute podcast mm-hmm. episode, but I can dive more deeper into you know, more of the strategies and the things behind it. So a lot of the video marketing aspects, um, a lot of that stuff is on the podcast because it's that's when people create podcasts like time, they at least are setting aside 30 minutes, um, you know, so that's where that stuff sits. Do you think businesses should incorporate podcasting into their marketing strategy? I think to some degree. Um, and it's not like be everywhere, do everything and exhaust yourself. But there are some conversations. It's always like understanding how your audience wants to be communicated to. And again, that's just the knowing. Uh, and I'll get some comments like, man, why why isn't this on the, on the channel or whatever? Because not I know like all of you guys are going to watch it. And you know what I'm saying? It's like versus giving you the value there. And it's one thing I could do a video podcast, Kill Two Birds with One Stone, for some topics that will serve the dual purpose. So I think businesses should because there's always a level of concepts that they'll listen to and they can digest better in audible form. They can take you with them. So they're listening in the house and then they can start cutting the grass or start picking up their kids or something. And they're learning and diving deeper with you without having to have a specific app to watch something. So there's always something there. Yeah. I think that's, it, it's good for an overall branding strategy and marketing strategy. Mm-hmm. It, just because you're already doing the the video or the live streams doesn't mean you, you shouldn't, or you can't do a podcast. Mm-hmm. You can uh, divvy up different subject topics on what you want to cover. Mm-hmm. You know, you necess- like you said, you wouldn't necessarily cover what you, you are on your podcast on a live stream or on on a on a video. Yep. They, they're completely separate, but they can add to your overall branding strategy. Absolutely. So, so Diana, how do you see your channel growing? What what are the the plans you have for the future for your your subscribers, your your listeners, your watchers for for your entire, you know, business? Um I'm actually kind of projecting that it's going to get out of consumer level products and tech gear, not because I, re- I fall out of love with it. I think it'll always be that conversation. I think that's going to become less important as my community morphs and they become a more uh, mature content creating entrepreneur into now let's really rig up the home office. Now let's really get into, um, you know, self-hosting small live events. 
um, or live conferences that if you want to have an aspect digital and an aspect that's in person. So leading more into those different aspects. So it won't be so much so what camera do I buy and all those different things because you'll know and we'll stay on top of is it time to you know swap these out? What's going to help us better uh, create content more efficiently for our business? Um, so I can see it leaning into that. In addition to other things that I learn and bring it on, like some of my mentors and coaches um, that'll speak more and can kind of be like guest um, episodes and things like that, like on the copywriting in your video marketing, those different aspects to really help you become like a full scale content creating entrepreneur on all aspects. I just see it growing uh, and just kind of maturing more in that way. That is such a good plan. I think a lot of people uh, in the content creation really don't, they they start with something they feel like they got to kind of stick within the niche, yeah. but they don't really grow with the niche. And I think that's great that you're planning on, Hey, I've taught all this stuff already. If you still need to learn it, go back to one of the, you know, one of the old videos yeah. we're, we're moving on. We're, we're getting better just like any business or entrepreneur mm-hmm. would want to get. Well, Diana, I, I've truly enjoyed uh, talking to you sort of in person, you know, <laughs> right. sort of in person um, and, and getting to know you. It, it's been uh, I've absolutely loved the experience of podcasting and getting to talk to a lot of people that I watch on YouTube and and benefit from, you know, the information that they share. So thanks for coming on. Oh, it's been such an honor and a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. So um, real quick, where can um, my listeners find your channel? Um, what are, I always like to ask, what are all the things on all the things for people to to find Diana? Um, well, it would definitely start with YouTube. Um, I, I feel like I'm supposed to say my website, but I think that's kind of like a given, but <laughs> you can definitely <laughs> find me on YouTube. Uh, you put my name in the search bar. It's going to come up for, uh, Entree Woman TV. That's E-N-T-R-E Woman TV. So youtube.com forward slash that. And then, uh, Instagram, I'm actually pretty active on, uh, Instagram, starting to get more into LinkedIn, uh, as I get more clarity around how I want to use that. Um, and then of course, like if you want to figure out all the things, it's dianagladding.com. Yeah. And of course, guys, that will be all linked in the show notes. So Diana, thanks again. And for you listeners, thanks for listening each and every week. And if you haven't already, after you're done listening to this episode, do me a favor. If you're listening in the Apple podcast player, leave a five-star rating and a written review. If you'd like, I really appreciate it. It helps the show get out there to more people so they can benefit from hearing, you know, experiences and stories from other creators and entrepreneurs like Diana. And I'll talk to you guys next week. Thank you.